Welcome to Sane Split, a podcast about staying sane when relationships end. I am AJ Jakubowska, family law lawyer and mediator. Just like you, I'm human. I understand what can happen when people separate. Lots of questions swirling around like confetti. Lots of uncertainty, perhaps anger, disappointment, or even pain. Sleepless nights, shallow breathing. Will I ever be happy again? Will the kids be okay? How much is all this going to cost? All of these questions are human and you're not alone. This podcast features my thoughts about separation and my interviews with other humans who help people when their relationships end. People who assist with legal issues, who mediate, who look after hearts and minds, and even after the pocketbook. People who might help you plan your future. What you will hear is not legal advice. These are dialogues primarily about the human aspect of separation. We will try to stay away from legal lingo. It's humans talking to humans. I hope that something you hear will help you navigate your way to a sane split. Hello, I appreciate your tuning in today, I really do. I'd like to talk a bit about reaching out for professional help and team building to help you through your separation. I'm planning an episode uh, which will focus on personal support networks and why that can make a huge difference to your ability to cope and manage. That is for another time. Today, we're going to talk about professionals, why you may want them on your team, and how to find the right ones for you. When relationships end, things can get intense. Someone once described to me the experience of separating as running in front of an avalanche. Another person used the metaphor of standing in the middle of a frozen lake with the ice cracking under one's feet. This man told me he was watching the cracks get bigger and bigger. He was expecting to fall through the ice at any time. Someone else described her separation as an out-of-body experience. She told me that for some time after her marriage ended, she felt like she was watching a movie, a drama, in which she played one of the two main characters. She was watching her life unfold, standing on the outside of it. She said it did not seem real, and yet... It was so real, it hurt. The avalanche, the icy lake, the out-of-body experience, all very disconcerting, unsettling, even frightening experiences. They are all metaphors, but can feel very real, all involving a loss of control over the situation. In each of those instances, the person describing their experience was alone. Each of those three people also told me they felt very alone when the relationship first ended, isolated, with no one to lean on. What they all longed for was some certainty, some support, a return of some control, 
over what was happening to them. The good news is that you do not have to feel alone or be alone. There are people who can help you, who can be at your side when you need them, guiding you, providing you with information you will need to make decisions, sometimes on subjects which are unfamiliar to you. If you have followed this podcast, you know that in the last episode... I introduced an allegory, a story about an imaginary journey to a place called apart. That journey is a metaphor for the often complex process which unfolds when a relationship ends and concludes at a time and place where all the issues which result from a separation, kids, money, property, or sorted out in whichever way the particular case requires. In my allegory, there are two main characters, A and B, and they have children. A decided to end the relationship. B is on the receiving end of the decision. Each is on a separate journey to the same place called apart. In that episode, I made some suggestions on how to make their separate but interdependent journeys shorter, more productive and constructive, less toxic to the kids and to the parents, and less expensive. Today, I will speak a bit more about getting help on the journey, professional help. A and B are likely to be experiencing their journey differently, including because one made the decision to leave and the other has no choice about that decision. So each may have different professional needs, but they could each benefit from professional input and assistance. Often that assistance from the right experts who work in the field of separation can move the journey along in a constructive and informed way for each of the parties, separately and together. Finding professionals to help you when a relationship ends, lawyers, mediators, counselors, financial advisors, therapists, life and separation coaches and others can help you regain a bit more control over what may feel like a completely out of control reality. Most people, not all, but most people experience the end of a major relationship once in their lifetime. That is why I commonly hear, I have never been through anything like this before or This is very new to me and I don't know what to do next. Very understandable things to say and very telling of what the speaker is experiencing. They're feeling unsettled, partly because they are now facing decisions, issues, challenges, which are completely new to them. A first rodeo, so to speak, legal issues, insomnia, financial pressure, depression, some examples. This can be overwhelming and even downright scary. I feel scared is something 
I have heard many, many times in my work as a family mediator and lawyer. When the learning curve is steep because everything feels unfamiliar, building a team to help you, educate you, and guide you can help you feel like you are standing on firmer ground. That team could be just you and one professional, or it could be a team which includes various experts helping you in different disciplines. In our allegory, A may need a financial advisor and a lawyer because A needs to figure out support issues and a budget going forward. B may need a lawyer, but also a therapist and perhaps a separation coach, given B may be struggling with a profound feeling of sad sadness and a loss of self-esteem. Let's talk a bit about how you might find the right people to help you. The most important thing to remember is that there is no right or wrong way to do it. It's an individual personal choice and you should search out your team members in a way that makes you most comfortable. I'm going to make some suggestions for how you might go about it because many people have never hired a lawyer, for example, and would not even know where to start looking for one. Here's something I hear a lot. I received a letter from a lawyer who is representing my spouse. The letter asked that I contact a lawyer myself and have him or her respond to the letter within two weeks. I was shell-shocked at first. I'm, I have never received a letter from a lawyer before. I spent the next few days trying to figure out what to do were to even begin to look for representation. And now I only have one day left to respond. So where and how might you look? What are some of your options? Number one, personal references. You might know people who separated before you. Ask them about their lawyer. Were they happy with the services? Did they connect? Did they have confidence in that lawyer's legal advice? Did they trust their lawyer? Is their hourly rate something you can handle? That's a good starting point. It's almost instinctive to prefer to get personal human input on a service provider. People share information about restaurants, mechanics, dentists, and yes, even lawyers. So ask around for referrals and references. People are generally open to sharing their experiences with their lawyer, sometimes brutally honest, but that is what you need, the good, the bad, and the ugly of it. Number two, in 2020, Google, Bing, name a search engine. That is often where people turn. Much of the information we use today comes from the internet. We are tethered to our screens. They are our window into what is out there, so to speak. Whether we like it or not, many, many people today use their fingers to either swipe a screen or tap on a keyboard 
to find most of the information they use to live day to day. The web is the source of information. Keywords, search phrases like family lawyer, divorce lawyer, family lawyer near me, best family lawyer in my town. These are all very common. Some of the search results will be at the top of the first page. And those are often boosted results, meaning that these are ads at the, and the advertiser pays to be boosted to the top of the page so you find them first. Nothing wrong with that, but you should be aware of this happening. Many lawyers and law firms now have pretty sophisticated websites with blogs and articles, biographies, and so on. You can find a lot about professionals who are on your short list that way. And you should take advantage of that. Read up, investigate. This person, this professional, will potentially travel with you on and support you through what could be a bumpy journey from time to time. If you can get a glimpse into how they practice, how they approach family law disputes, the extent of their experience, that is all very valuable information to have, and it will help you make your decision. Number three, web reviews. In this case, impersonal reviews because the people who left them are strangers to you. These can also provide valuable information about the person you are considering putting on your team. You're not necessarily looking for five-star reviews across the board. But if enough people, strangers to one another, express similar satisfaction with the services, that's a good sign in my view. We can debate another time whether reviews make sense at all and whether society should make important decisions about a maddening variety of issues based on impersonal impressions typed into boxes on a screen. The reality is reviews are an important feature of how the consumer makes decisions today. People leave reviews and people read reviews. Use them if you feel comfortable doing so. One last word on this point. Reviews should not be the overwhelming criterion for your selection. But if you find a lawyer on the internet who sounds like the right fit, take the next step. Read the reviews and see if they confirm your initial impression. For me, the next step would be to schedule an introductory consultation. And this applies whether you find this person through a personal recommendation or in some other way. These days, many, if not most lawyers, offer such consultations at no charge. This is an opportunity for you to get to know the lawyer and their approach a little bit more, and a chance for you to ask questions to help you narrow your list. When I meet with potential clients for the first time, in person or by Zoom, I often tell them that it's a two-way interview. Each of us has a chance to assess 
whether we would be the right fit and work together effectively. A relationship between a family law lawyer and their client can be very intense because separations can be intense. And because generally speaking, the client comes to the lawyer already filled with a variety of emotions arising out of the separation. Some people want to move forward and quickly. In our allegory, A would be an example. Some may experience a bit of inertia because sadness, disappointment, or even anger makes them incapable of taking the next step. B may be experiencing some of that. Different individuals have different needs, and both the potential lawyer and the potential client need to assess realistically whether they are right potential team players. In the, if the case has any degree of conflict built, built into it, there will be highs and lows and there will be instances when the team will have to deal with challenging, possibly upsetting situations, often at a fast pace. Team members who work shoulder to shoulder and who are on the same page most of the time are best in those situations. When I speak to a potential client, I want to understand their expectations for our relationship because I want to make sure that I'm able to meet those expectations. When you meet with a lawyer for a consultation, consider preparing some lists ahead of time. One may be a list of questions you want to ask. Another may be a list of your expectations for the relationship. For example, how soon will messages or emails be returned? How often are bills rendered? Does this lawyer go to court on short notice if that is needed? Will you receive drafts of letters before they go out? These are all very sensible questions to ask. A lawyer should be prepared to answer them. From my perspective, and I believe most of my colleagues would agree with this, a relationship between a family law lawyer and a family law client is truly a two-way relationship. To be effective, it needs some general commonality of approach, a common language, a shared goal. I'm not saying the lawyer and client have to be best friends or friends at all. In fact, I don't think it's a good idea. What I'm saying is that they should speak a similar language and have a similar approach to how they want to manage their own relationship and how they plan on tackling the issues to be tackled with the other side. At this point, I can imagine someone saying to me, well, how am I supposed to figure out whether I get along with a person with whom I have spoken for only 30 minutes and whose website I have reviewed? How am I to know if they know their stuff, if they have experience, if they are the right lawyer for me? They have positive reviews, but how do I know I can rely on those reviews? 
I have no guarantee that going forward, we're not going to have some huge dispute about the direction of my case. Those are all very fair questions. And there will be an element of risk-taking when you decide to hire a lawyer, any professional for that matter. We take such risks every day in our daily lives, in everything we do, leaps of faith, some bigger, some smaller. From my perspective, that built-in risk will be reduced if before hiring a professional, particularly in your vulnerable state, you take some readily available steps to inform yourself about him or her in advance, including by talking to them in person and asking them direct questions. Another comment I sometimes hear at this juncture is the following. This has never happened to me before. I have never hired a lawyer before, so I may not know what questions to ask. Well, you might consider thinking of another situation in which you were hiring a professional to help you out. Ask yourself, if you were doing renovations to your home and you were looking to hire a contractor, how would you approach finding that person and what questions would you ask them in your interview to suss out if they are the right choice? For some people, qualifications matter. For others, it's not just qualifications, it's the length of experience. Price point is important too. For many people, it's a combination of all those things. Formulate your questions, the ones you want to pose in the interview, based on the criteria for your selection. What matters to you about this person, this potential te team member? What is important? Then ask them. I'm going to suggest an approach to you, a question you might want to pose to a potential team member, a professional like a lawyer. After you outline the nature of your problem, the basic facts, and give the lawyer an opportunity to figure out what legal issues may be involved, pose this question. Based on what you have heard so far, can you tell me if you have prior experience with such issues and if you yourself feel you could handle these issues for me? I need help. Can you help me? When I'm asked that question or something along those lines, I'm actually quite encouraged that the potential client is turning their mind to the issues this way, and I'm more than happy to answer. You should be looking for a professional who will hopefully tell you if the issues presented or some of the issues presented are beyond his or her expertise or experience. You are looking for that kind of honesty and integrity. Sometimes, if a family law file involves other areas of the law in which I do not have much experience or with which I do not feel entirely comfortable, I tell the client that I'm happy to take on their matter, but that we may want to consult with a real estate lawyer, for example, on any points of law 
or any procedure related to real estate issues. Then the potential client has a choice. Go with me and have someone else assist with specialty issues or find someone else who can handle all those issues in one shop, so to speak. By way of example, if your family law file involves a business, it would be wise of you to ask the potential lawyer in your initial discussions whether they have any experience dealing with business issues in the context of family law. The key is to be direct. You can be direct and polite. The lawyer being interviewed should understand why you are interested in the answers and they should be prepared to answer such questions. My overall point is the following. Communication is key. Open and direct communication should be the foundation of the lawyer-client relationship, as it should be in any relationship, in my view. This is particularly important in family law because these relationships can be intense. Not everything in your case will go your way. The law may not always be on your side. Your lawyer may have to tell you that and should feel comfortable doing so without worry that the message will be received in a different way than it is intended. The goal is to protect your interests, to help you to be at your side, and sometimes that may involve telling you news you don't want to hear. You should be comfortable asking a professional questions, not only at the initial stages of your contact, but at any point if you, in your relationship should you choose to hire them. Some lawyers are prepared to have an introductory telephone call. You may consider that as well. For me, a face-to-face -face meeting or even a Zoom meeting, given we're in the midst of a pandemic, is a better ch chance to read each other, to have a more human dialogue, to read body language and feel the energy in the room. Again, this is a person in whom you will be placing a lot of trust and confidence at a very trying, challenging time in your life. Spend the time and make your choice in an informed way. So far, I've talked mostly about lawyers. Again, you may need assistance from other professionals as you make your journey to this place called the part. The right complement of professionals at your side can make the journey feel more sane, and that is the goal. The suggestions I made earlier about finding a lawyer, meeting with them, formulating, and then asking questions, all those suggestions apply to other professionals as well. What is their experience? Do they think they can help? How do they think they can help? Ask yourself, does this person inspire your confidence? Would you feel comfortable relying on their advice? Would you put yourself in their hands, follow their guidance? Last point for today. How soon after the separation should you start building your professional team? 
that really depends on you as a unique human, your reaction to the separation and the issues involved. Sometimes a person can feel so sad, overwhelmed, and even shell-shocked when their relationship comes to an end that it would be unreasonable to imagine that on the following day they would sit at their computer researching family law lawyers. On the other hand, some people do it in precisely that time frame. Why? Because that is how they believe they will stay sane, being proactive, maintaining some measure of control over their life. So it's a very personal thing. If you are not ready right away, take some time, but don't delay indefinitely. Again, there's a lot to be said for seeking support on your journey. And that includes a team of professionals or one professional, whatever is appropriate for your case. It may bring you a sense of relief, a feeling of greater sanity, that a professional is available to guide you, help you when you need that help. Thank you for listening. I hope you will tune in again. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach me through my website, separationinontario.com. Subscribing to the podcast through your favorite app will make future episodes available to you automatically. Signing off for now.